sick Other days it just ain't working The good, the bad, the right, the wrong And everything in between Yo, it's crazy, amazing We can turn our heart through the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak life
post comments or questions in the chat room. I see we have uh, some people out there in the chat room now, um, and you're more than welcome to stay there, but just understand that if you want to uh, ask questions or make comments, you do have to be a, a registered follower of the show, um, and that's pretty easy. Just uh, follow the instructions on the uh, Butterfly Evolution page on Blog Talk Radio. Um, if you guys are uh, posting questions or comments on uh, Facebook, I will see those, um, and I will uh, read those out on the air. Again, I will not say your name unless you just want me to, um, and Trent and I will do our best to uh, to answer those questions. Um, before we get into tonight's topic, I do once again want to say uh, Trent Williams uh, is going to be uh, – John Stockton tonight. He's going to be throwing the cyst to me. Uh, <laughs> so without further ado, Mr. Trent Williams, please uh, introduce yourself to the people. Tell them who you are, uh, a little bit about yourself, and uh, how they can connect with you on your show and how they can get a copy of your books um, and all of those good things. Go ahead, Trent. Hey, hey, brother. This is Trent Williams. Uh, the conversation with Trent featuring Lisa Tillman Page show on Wire in thirteen twenty eight. Um, I've actually been a life coach and motivational speaker for the past seven and a half years. Um, all my books are there at Barnes and Nobles or any online outlets uh, or what have you. Uh, just type in Arthur Trent Williams and you'll get books like The Four Horseman Book. That's my memoirs with my brothers, uh, Chapter of the Delta, Life's Little Addictions, Conversation with Trent Volume One, Two, and a limited edition and so forth. So, yep. Hey, appreciate that, man. Appreciate that. So, Trent, um, so I'm just going to dive right in here, man. Um, so I went to go see um, The Birth of a Nation. My wife and I went to go see The Birth of a Nation Saturday, and uh-huh. uh, we, we we were highly impressed with the movie. Um, my wife um, did cry. Um, and she probably won't kill me for telling that. But <laughs> my wife did cry during the movie. Um but we we, we, we were impressed and we, we had a um a nice discussion um when we left the movie theater about the movie. Um so I know you touched on it briefly last week on the show, but I want you to just kind of share your thoughts, man. What what was your impression and, and what stuck out to you? Um, about the movie The Birth of a Nation. <clears throat> actually, I saw the movie uh, opening day, and it was kind of on the fly. I was actually out, um, actually finishing up a purchase on a new car, and had some other things I needed to do. So, what was strange was, you know, I didn't I didn't finish that finish everything up that day. So I kind of, you know, I called an Uber to come and pick me up. So I was actually headed back to the house to finish up some things, and um, in the middle of you know, driving, you know, back to the house. I just told the Uber driver, I said, hey, I, I change of plans. I'm going to go and check out this movie. So she says, oh, I know what movie you're going to see. So all I said was, yeah, you know it. And she knew exactly <laughs> what movie I was going to see. So got to the theater around, you know, uh, noon, whatever the showing was at, uh, 1230. And, uh, man, when I tell you, the vibe in that place was, I mean, it was, it was phenomenal. And you know you had a mixed yeah. race in there. It, it was it was mixed in there, totally mixed in there. And at the end of the movie, complete silence. And it wasn't a bad silence. It was more of a an empowerment type deal. It was it was like you 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 were empowered 
after this film, whether you were black or you were white. You know, whether it mm-hmm. be you, you know, you wanted to continue to fight with, you know, for uh, justice for, you know, for all these lives being slaughtered today, or you just wanted justice, period. So everyone, it was a very positive, positive uh, thing. That, but what struck, you know, what struck me about this movie and what stuck out to me was how Nat Turner was actually a preacher, something I didn't know out of the two pages that they had in the black history books when I was going to school. I didn't know he was a preacher. And his slave owner, his master at the time, um, got with uh, this this other preacher guy, which was which, which a Caucasian guy, and they just started loaning him out pretty much to go across the plantations across the county preaching to these these other slaves about, you know, minding your master and don't rebel and bless curse you and all this other stuff. And I just, if I was back in those days, I probably would have pulled a Nat Turner on him as well. I mean, because some of the things <laughs> that he saw, that, that, it, was, it, was, it was very, it was, it was very, uh, it was wild, man. It was, it was wild. And I was like, you know, the audacity of these people. <laughs> You're enslaving these folks, and then you have their own kind telling them, don't uprise, you know. So it was, it was very, um, it, it was interesting, to say the least. Okay. Uh, Trent, I got a, I got a question um, based off of what you just said. Um, because my wife and I were talking about this uh, when we left the theater on Saturday, and you said that if mm-hmm. you were a a slave, you probably would have done the same thing. Now, yeah. Now, 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 here's my thing, and and there is no doubt in my mind what I know about you. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure you probably would have been. I've heard a lot of people say over the years that they would not have been able to endure slavery. But when I when I when I learn about slavery and what took place, mm-hmm. it's like when I listen to people say that it it like the first thing that pops in my mind is well these people were once strong people too, right? But but I really believe that they were only enslaved. Well, or the main reason they were enslaved was because somebody captured their mind. Absolutely. So why do you think it is easy for us to say, hey, I would not have been a good slave, or hey, I would not have done that, when yeah. I don't, when people were, were in bondage for, for hundreds of years? Why is it so easy for yeah. us to say that today? Yeah, some of us are still in bondage today, um, but I have, to, I have to say this: it, it depends on the individual. Uh, for me, the reason why I could say that I could say that with a strong conviction is because I know my mind. You could do whatever you want to do to me, but at some point, at some point, I'm playing chess with you. At some point, when you when you let your guards down, that's going to be a problem. So mm-hmm. you could do whatever you want to me, but my mind is so strong to where you could you could cause all kind of bodily harm to me. But if you leave me walking and swinging, problem on your hands. I don't care if it's thirty years later. <laughs> you got a problem on your hands. So I like it, man. It depends on to, to me. It depends on the individual. It depends on the individual and in the, in the mental state. So who knows? They're, 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 
I, I can guarantee there were more Nat Turners out there that has not been recorded in history. They say he mm-hmm. killed 56. It's probably that number's probably tripled. Let's just be honest. That number's probably you know double that or triple that. But it, the truth will never be be told unless we seek it out for ourselves. But I mean. It depends on the individual. And to answer your question uh, in the short term, it, it, it depends on the individual and their mental state and what they can endure. If you have a strong, if you have a strong will and you're connected to your your Maker, your God, your Allah, your Jehovah, your God. Period. You, you have a strong will. You can overcome anything. You can overcome anything. The mind is much more stronger than the body. That is true, and, and 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 so it brings me it brings me to my next point. And you guys, uh, for those of you listening, uh, there's a lot that we're going to cover. We're going to talk about the definition of slavery and how um, uh, yesterday compares to today, meaning the time that we associate with slavery uh, versus today. That's why the top, the topic is slavery in 2016. We're going to talk about religion. We're going to talk about athletics. We're going to talk about finances. We're going to talk about Black History Month. We're going to talk about music. We're going to talk about the impact of slavery and anything else you guys want to talk about. Um, but, Trent, as you say that, I I look at, look at people and I listen to them, and mm-hmm. what I hear from a lot of people is bondage. Yeah. If you if, if you constantly have to tell me how real you are, I don't think you're trying to impress me. I think you're trying to I think you're trying to impress yourself. You're trying to convince yourself because whatever Absolutely. you are, the Bible says, "Out of the abundance of the heart, a man speaks." So whatever in you or whoever you are is going to come out if you are real, or you're keeping it one hundred. You don't have to tell me that. I should be able to see you it. You know it. If, you, if you you, are not only man, not only should you see it, not only should you see it, Rodney, but when I walk into a room, you should feel it. Exactly. You should carry an energy and an aura about yourself that if I'm walking into a room, you're going to feel that. And that's not being yeah. arrogant. That's not being, you know, overconfident. No, I, I know exactly who I am. I hold my own dictionary. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. You shouldn't have to speak it. And that, exactly. that's what made <clears throat> that's what made Nat Turner that's what made Nat Turner so so strong. He was a strong individual because yes. I don't know if I could have gotten through two plantations after I saw what they were doing to my people and what they were asking me to do. You know, they yes. probably would kill me on site for trying to, you know, get these people off these plantations after two visits. So this brother, he carried on and went on and, and, and preached like they asked him to do, and he had a breaking point. You know, mm-hmm. he had that breaking point in his life. So I don't think I would be as strong as he was. <laughs> yeah, I probably would have broke down after a couple of visits. Your 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 I I totally get what you're saying. Your presence should uh, speak volumes. Um, we have a caller, so I'm going to take our caller and then I'm going to come back uh, to what I was saying. Uh, caller. From seven oh three, last four uh four digits are six eight eight nine. Caller, you are on the air. Uh caller, we cannot hear you. Hello, can you hear me now? Uh we can hear you now. 
Hello. So this is Tamiria, uh, Rodney's wife. Hi, Trent. How's it going? Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Um, well, yes, I did cry. So I was uh, not only pressing one to admit that, but I was very moved by that movie because I shared with Rodney that pretty much what you all have both stated with regard to slavery starting in the mind and what you can endure, um, because I cried looking at that movie thinking to myself, one, would I be able to endure that? And two, when you see your family members and others being tortured, yeah, it does do something to your psyche, to your mind. Like, I kid you not, I was terrified sitting in the movie theater because <laughs> typically you don't see um, the staff come in and check the back door. Well, this gentleman walks in probably, Rodney, would you say two or three times? I feel like it was at least two, but possibly three. He did it three times. Three times. Okay, so the first time I'm like, okay, Rodney, I was like, I hope he's not going to unlock the door for someone to come in here. Because there were only, in the movie we saw, there were only African-Americans in there. And I said, you know wait, what, wait, wait, So they locked the doors? They, they, well, they locked the guys in? He checked the door. No, he checked the exit. But I've never seen them oh, go over it. there. So he went in to check the exit. And typically I wouldn't be nervous. But with all the craziness going on in the world, I was like, you know right. what? I have anxiety thinking somebody's going to come in here and kill us because we're watching this movie. And right. he checked the door the first time, and you see him in the back, but you can't tell if he's unlocking it or locking it. I was like, I would hope that he's checking it to make sure it's locked, but it was rare that I've seen them do that. <laughs> so then he comes back a second time, and I'm like, okay. And then we hear noise on the side. So every time I'm hearing something, I'm looking at Rodney like, oh, my gosh, like what, what's happening? But they have right. to fix the door. But I was sitting there thinking this all does start in the mind because the enemy is the author of lies. So he lies to us to make us fearful and afraid so that when we do step up, we're like, okay, well, what can happen? What can they do to us? And Rodney and I talked about that because the fact that one or two men could roll all of the slaves, it was more slaves than it was masters. Right. But they win rebuttal because of the torture that they watched. And and furthermore. That goes back to. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, and it's, it's true. He They had um, Nat Turner going to teach the slaves to be obedient. So you have one of your own that they're essentially pimping out to tell right. you not to revolt, to tell you to do these things, but twisting the words so that it benefits them to justify the murder, to justify the slavery. And what he said mm-hmm. was very powerful in the movie. Um, and obviously I don't know if that was really what was said, but it's true. For every scripture that they used against us, there was another scripture that gave us freedom. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, what I think a lot, a lot of folks, and, you know, when you talk about Christian, Christian-based churches and, and all this stuff in Christianity and how it came to came to play, what they really don't talk about uh, in the church house is God is really a God of vengeance when it comes to his people. Mm-hmm. So when when that Turner got on this, this this whole, he was on another level at that point when he started reading the other side of the Bible. Right. God is a God of vengeance. And, you know, you can look that up in the Bible. You'll find that throughout the Bible where he's a God of vengeance. So, but, I mean, they're selling that whole story about love thy neighbor and love it. Well, hold on a second, man. Because if you're sticking me, I'm going to stick you back. 
and I'm going to make sure I stick you a little harder. <laughs> you know, somewhere in there, I'm going to stick you with a little love and let you know, hey, don't do that no more. Yeah, and so, it, was, but, it was really... You know, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead and finish. I'm sorry. Yeah, so, so you know, that, that, part of the, that part of the movie was so... It was kind of funny to me to where the, 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 you know, the master's wife was teaching this young Nat Turner the, the part of the Bible they wanted him to know. But when he stole that Bible, it was something totally different. He started reading for himself. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how you keep a people in bondage where you tell, you know, if you constantly, if you're repeating something, think about this for a second. There's a reason why, and I say this all the time when, 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 when I'm speaking, there's a reason why those seats are hard as hell in, in, in McDonald's. There's a reason why the lights are bright. They want you to get your ass in there, get that burger, and leave out. That's why it's a billion served. So they don't want you sitting in there all day long, so they they make you accustomed to, hey, I'm not going to go and sit in there. Those seats are hard as hell. But <laughs> when you go sit at a five-star restaurant, those seats are very soft, the lights are dimmed, and they're going to bring Rodney that, you know, on his you know anniversary day, they're going to bring him that $150 bottle of wine. Instead of bringing him some boom phone, they're going to bring him $150 bottle of wine because he's going to sit there for a while. The lights are low. He's going to want to please his wife. The seats are soft. They condition us to do these things. And that's what happened with the slave. We, we, we're conditioned. We were conditioned that way. So if I see mm. one slave getting his ass whipped and the way that they're doing him, and they made them stand out there and watch this stuff. And I, I know you guys saw this part of the movie when the guy refused to eat. Mm-hmm. And the guy walked out yeah. and came back in with a chisel. I cringed. Yeah. I cringed. Yeah. And I'm like, they're going to so, smash this guy's teeth. And force him to eat for everybody to see. So, 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 so I have yeah. a question for uh, for for both for both of you guys and everybody out there listening. I see we see we have uh, more people who have um, called in, and we have more people in the chat room. Uh, that is excellent. Don't be afraid to join the conversation. But I have a, a question for uh, both of you guys, straight into Marion. So, do you think? Um, the reason why uh, a lot of people are in bondage today um, has more to do with fear or low self-esteem. I'm going to say a combination of the two. I agree. I think part of it, the fear is why you might not move. The self-esteem is what gets you to move in the first place. So you might have a high self-esteem, but then if you know that your action will cause a certain reaction, you might not move. So I think they kind of work hand in hand um, because even the most confident person, depending on the consequences of their actions, still might not take that action because they fear the result. Like in his case, he was confident, um, but the difference is he had no fear. He didn't care about dying, but how many people can do what he did and say, I'm ready. Exactly. And, and, and that's the difference. And, and I totally agree with you. I'm going to say it's a factor of both. The difference with, with, with Nat Turner was he was connected to his maker, mm-hmm. constantly prayed. He was ready. So yeah. when he said he was ready, and that, that takes me back to when, when my lungs collapsed and I was dealing with all that stuff. I couldn't get through that stuff without meditation and prayer. This guy was ready. He was ready to die. 
for what he believed mm-hmm. in and for what he believed God put into his soul. So he was ready. And it's a select few people that, 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 that's able to actually go down that path and say, you know what, I'm going to die for this. Yeah. Not, a, not a lot of people are that brave to say, I'm going to take this bullet, or I'm going to take this, you know, whatever they're going to give me, we're going to go down this path together. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say just like, like your wife, you know, uh, both, but you have to truly be connected to your maker to, to make a decision to say, you know what, it doesn't matter from this point because I'm getting ready to make a change. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna jump back in and, and, and I'm gonna say this. If you think about the people who have been sold out completely to change, they didn't make it. Maybe think they did, though, right? Huh? Maybe they did make it. You said they didn't well, make it. I said, well, maybe they did make it on the other side of life. Right. Well, right, 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 right. My my point is, think about the people that we talk about the most. Think about Martin Luther King and what mm-hmm. he stood for and what he did. He, his wife, his wife told him, every day you walk out this door, I fear you are not coming back. Guess what? Mm-hmm. He knew what he was doing. He knew what probably was going to happen. He did it anyway. Yep. Think about Jesus, who we talk about all the time. He knew what was at stake. Mm-hmm. He did it anyway. I think, going back to what my wife just said, I think that people are afraid of the reaction that they're going to get if they really speak their mind, if they really try to evoke change in some form or fashion. Think about on your job. People sit around and complain all the time. They're not making enough money. They're overworked and underpaid. The boss doesn't treat them well. They don't like the working conditions, right? They'll say all of that stuff. In front of all the wrong people They'll say that in front of Anybody who's not a decision maker Because they're afraid of the repercussions If they were to say it To certain people Now My question is Is that wisdom Or is that bondage (laughs) (laughs) That's To me in my opinion that's bondage That's that's bondage Because you you should never be Held captive by, and I, I truly believe this. You should never be held captive by a job that you're unhappy on. You should never be held captive in a relationship that you're unhappy in. You should never be held captive in friendships that you're unhappy with. That you're not getting equal out of that 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 situation. And that that includes with family members. You should never be unhappy in any type of situation. To me, when uh, you're unhappy, you're uh, in bondage. I'm with, I'm with you. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull in another caller here. Uh, to Mary, uh, I know that you're gonna stay with us, um, but please jump in anytime uh, you have a question or comment to add. But I'm gonna pull in our caller from area code eight six four, and the last digits are seven two four four. Caller, you are on the air with us. Peace, black love, and black power. How how are you, brother? We I am good. Man. How are you? That's good. It's good. Everybody's doing great. 
Uh, I'm doing just 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 great. Doing just great, fam. All right, all right. What's your question or comment? Well, I just definitely want to call in and add on um, to this topic of discussion because I definitely would like to think of myself not as a, as an advanced or fully advanced scholar, but definitely um, as a scholar in, inside African education. And, you know, basically what everybody's been talking about um, that led us up to this point to even insist that we are in slavery or still being captive. And once we do open our eyes and peer into that vast history of a brutal relationship between the European and uh, the Negro, or even talking about the Hyksos, uh, which were, were their original name as they were the invaders into Africa, or basically the Middle Easterners, the Arabs or uh, the the Asians. Um, so, so when you're looking at a lot of these cultures and traditions that us as black people right now we participate in the thing the very things that we identify with the stuff that we uphold is only the stuff that's slaving us and the reason why it is this way currently um to to this day right now is because not enough of our black people are going back to ask the question of who our ancestors really were and ever since the advent of religion Basically, from what I've been seeing is that we allow our own blood relative ancestors to be removed all to kind of incorporate indoctrination or things that were never organic to the word of our elders or to the word of our people as being African. Now, it's a bad thing that a lot of us here in America, we are black. And once we do the ancestral uh, uh, lineage uh, tracing, it probably will point you back to Africa, especially if you have you still carry the mark and the trait of heavy melanin. You normally nine times out of ten gonna go back to the continent. But there are a lot of black people here in America that will quickly separate themselves from African customs, African traditions, the organic African traditions and African value systems and things of that nature, basically detaching themselves from their own lineage of great um historical content. And actually, where we have uh, civilizations that were once um, very great, and we can actually go back to our African land right now to still claim those, even though they are they basically been hijacked by you know the Muslims, and you have all types of other religious sects that are in there. But even going back to Dr. John Henry Clark, when you look at the advent of these religious uh, uh, institutions. They were only brought basically to enslave us when we could not speak any of these languages or anything uh, as black people. We were definitely being captive. We were definitely being held. We, when we study and look at the transatlantic slave trade, we definitely know this thing was real. I had a conversation with uh, brother Renoko Rashidi the other day, and he said, don't be fooled by a lot of people that are insisting that this thing never existed. When you look at Napoleon, he killed millions of black people. Even when we look at what happened in Rwanda in the uh, 1990s, here in our more recent history, we saw that almost a million black people, if not, you know, you can't say that America did it, but America sat by under um, Bill Clinton 
we 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 sat by while while nothing happened, but at the same time we are the same ones to try to go around the police everybody and tell them what to do when it comes down to humanitarian crises just as these. So um, and I don't want mean to be long winded, but I was just basically stating as we're looking how looking at how to release ourselves from these chains. I think identifying with what has us in chains and what has uh, done that to us is definitely going to be part of our liberation and our exact African black uh, removal from a lot of these things that enslave us or or damage us and keep us held down. Good stuff. Real good stuff. Real good stuff. I I could actually totally agree with that. Actually, uh, still today, we're in bondage by a lot of stuff that's actually in a system today, so I, I totally agree with you on that. But one thing that confuses me with um, with American history, and we did a show on this a, a, a few a few months ago, with Brother Ramiel out of San Francisco. There is no way possible that all those slaves came across that land, uh, came across like that, and the amount of time that they're talking about. I think, me personally, my belief is, and there's there's, there's, there's facts on this side of uh, the continent that shows that these folks were here already. Some of these folks were trading for a couple of centuries before these white boys got here. Would you agree with that? I absolutely would, brother. Um, and even when we're looking at um, the first, uh, one of the first emperors, down in South America, and we're looking at how actually we we saw the connection between the Great Pyramids of Giza and and the architecture that we were performing or that we refined in in the Nile the Nile Valley. We see those, um, you know, definitely in South America. Uh, we we mm-hmm. see remnants of that. So even if they were the cousin or the distant brother or however it is that, but but definitely we as Africans. And being able to cultivate the Nile as we did, we definitely knew how to navigate, and we we knew about the world around us. It wasn't that we were uh, just concentrated, so I definitely do um, agree with that. But I think there is this thing that is coming up where people are basically trying to, I guess, uh, let the white man off the hook, basically. You understand? And just, I get you. Just totally how, get it. Huh? No, I totally get that. I, I, I totally get that. I agree with that. Yeah, basically just basically just saying like he hasn't done anything, or as he if he wasn't as brutal and as treacherous as he has, and I don't think the black people or even you can ask the Indians, we have not saw uh, a natural catastrophe like the white man. You understand? We we haven't. You, you know, even talking about him making these guns and just his very nature is destructive. So, you know, I, I definitely want to exercise that, but I agree with you, bro. So 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 this is Rodney. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back in here. Um so let let me start let me start by saying this. I I I I, I wanna recall something that um that I learned when I was an undergrad from um, a very, very, very strong history professor at Norfolk State. Um, And what she said was that 
if you were to trace back history, and, and my wife can tell you, I said this the other day, if you don't have a primary source, it, it kind of limits, I guess, the value of of anything because when it comes to history, everybody will tell you the same thing. No, my account of history is correct. So unless there's a primary source, primary document, everybody's going to tell you the same thing, and it's up to you what you believe. But what she said was if you actually trace back history, people from Africa were actually here first. The problem was they didn't have the knowledge or the intelligence or the, I guess, resources or tools to figure out how to get back to Africa because of the winds and the currents in the Atlantic Ocean. They didn't know that at that time, easy to come from, easy to travel from Africa to America. However, you could not go back the same way, which is what they learned. But they, what they didn't know was they had to go all the way up and then come back down. They could cross over the Atlantic if they went all the way up, but then they had to come back down. Now, with that being said, um, if her account is correct, then Africans were in the New World first. Now, the yeah, second now. thing I want to address, the, the second thing I want to address uh, that was brought up is um, white people and their role in slavery. I'm just going to go there now. I was going to go there later, but I'm going to go there now <laughs> because it came up. So here's my thing. Yeah. Here's my thing. Here's my thing when it comes to the role of white people then and now. I hope that no one thinks that every single white person was for slavery because if they were, then it would have been even harder for black people to overcome slavery. Because you've got to remember with the Underground Railroad, when they were escaping, they were not escaping to black people's houses. So slavery ended not necessarily because of what blacks did, and no, I'm not uh, before anybody turns into CNN, ABC, or Fox News on me. No, I'm not uh, <laughs> downplaying anything that any black person did. But I will say, I don't want us to to think that we only, or slavery only ended because of what blacks did. Because there were plenty of white people who were against slavery, just like in today's time, not every white person is racist. There are some, and don't get me wrong, I see it all the time on Twitter. Just like I see the same comments from from black people, so I don't want anyone to think that every white person was against slavery because they were not. The third thing I want to say is this, and then I'm going to turn it back over to you, Trent. The third thing I want to say is this: when it comes to the impact of slavery. Let's remember a few things. Black people did not, black people were enslaved. Therefore, they didn't own plantations. 
They didn't own all of this equipment or, or, or all of these things. So even when black people were told, hey, by law, you are free now, the war is over, you're free. Okay, great. But many of them had the mentality, well, what do we do now? Because we're so used to being in bondage, what do we do now? And we don't have anything. So many of them <laughs> would have rather, hey, I, I, I'll still be a slave because I, I don't know what to do with this, with, with, with this newfound freedom. And, I and, think and this, that is, this has is where the manipulation – go ahead, Trent. Go, go ahead, brother. This is where the manipulation continued. So once we were, quote, unquote, freed, and yeah, think about it. If you're sitting on a plantation, if, 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 the, if the four of us, your wife, myself, mm-hmm. um, my guy, I'm sorry, my brother, I, I didn't get your name. Uh, if we all were sitting on the same plantation for 45 years and all of a sudden we're free, well, where the hell am I going to go? Where am I going to go? <laughs> how am I going to, what am I going to do? What am I going to work? How am I going to work and feed my family and do all this stuff? So this is where the manipulation comes in. It's another form mm-hmm. of slavery and bondage. Well, here, you know what? You take, uh, you still could work on this land, but you still got to you yeah. know, pay me for staying here and I'm going to give you a couple of chickens and some hogs and you'll be able to feed yourself and all this other stuff. They didn't know how the currency go. So, you know what I'm saying? Because it was always their currency. They put it in place. So they didn't know how the currency yeah. went. So it's like, okay, so yeah. this is what we'll do for you. But you're still in bondage. They didn't know any yeah. better. You're still in bondage. Yeah. You're 45 years sitting on a plantation. So you're still working for him. You, you're not, yeah. you, you, you didn't, you know, you didn't franchise me out and I'm doing my own thing over here and, you know, you, you're taking a percentage of it. No, you're just feeding me and I'm still working for you. So that's, that, that's and, the and, mental bondage. I think I think the mental bondage started from there, and it's still, it's, it's it's trickled down all the way to here, to where we get on these corners, man. Uh, even in 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 the in the uh, inner cities, as Donald Trump would say, every black man don't live in the inner city. I don't live in the inner city, but let them tell it, you know. But they'll they'll put these stores on these corners, but they won't give me a loan to actually open that store up in my, in, in my neighborhood. That's still a form mm-hmm. of bondage. Yeah. I cannot go and get a loan to open up a supermarket. I can't get a open up, I can't get a loan to, to open up a, a convenience store on my block. But people from other nations can come here and do that. And we see that across the country. That's still a form of mental bondage. So uh go ahead, brother. No, I would I just wanted to say, man, I definitely uh, agree with the last part of what the brother was saying, but this is the part when we when we take a scope and peer into, you know, the the household of the European because I think the way they marginalize it and it's stated that <clears throat> statistically the average white home um white take home uh household income is like sixteen to twenty times larger or greater than that of the average African here in America. And this is one thing that I that I have um, you know taken survey and, and checked out as well. Even the money amount of money that us as black people spend still to keep the economical system, to keep our society going. And that's after we don't have those monies, we're not getting those types of jobs collectively as a black people. Yes, even in here in 2016. And when we're talking about reparations, because I think that's what they're saying that the UN is coming up with, because we're still 
feeling the remnants of slavery. That's why we still have to see unarmed black men, black women, black children getting killed. You understand? This is, these are the effects of the brutalization. This is 100%. If anybody knows math and science, we have to say that we are, and even with those good old American white folks, what they are doing, they're encouraging their black friends to turn their heads. That's what I'm seeing more of. I don't see more white people standing up and saying, hey, this is an unjust situation in America. You might see a few, and sometimes they have their own little hidden agenda. But to say collectively that Americans, white European Americans are here saying that, hey, man, we, we got to make, make this thing fair for our brothers and sisters that are of African descent who've been wrong for a long time. Here, let me give them some of what's off my plate to give to them for what we have done wrong to them. That's when you start talking about reparations. And reparations is something even Bernie Sanders said that he wouldn't even, you know, take up. You know, this is something that the Jews got to basically they were paid back for what they lost. You understand? If I came over to damage your house, then I'm going to give you $100 to show or or help you repair the damages that I caused. This is something that black people are still having to repair their own damages at their own expense while they were already robbed. So even when we're looking at the equation as what it is, this is what it is. You know, we can definitely try to pull ourselves up by by our bootstraps, but even when you're looking at the educational system, it doesn't help us as African or black, African organic in, in our nature. Because that's what our genes denote. That is what our genes say, that we are more African than we are European. But we don't help to sustain the African side, even to help us understand who we are as that relates to where we are going. Right. Now, here's here's the thing right now. I I want to answer him on one thing as far as reparations. Is that okay? Yeah, and then and then I, I I actually have a question too. So go ahead, Trent. And brother, we want to thank you so much for calling in, man. You you've added a lot to the show. Uh, Trent, ask your question, and then I'll give him a chance to answer. And then I want to ask him a question too. Okay. Now, now it's, it's not so much as a question, but as far as reparations, here's where I believe the problem is at with the uh, with the black community. I'm not looking for nobody to give me shit on reparations or anything like that. We have enough money collectively ourselves in the black community to do it on our own. This has been the problem for us for decades upon decades, always looking for them to bail us out and do these reparations. And, well, look what you did for the Indians. Oh, look what you did for the Jews. I wouldn't really care about that. There's enough African-Americans that's in power that's doing their own thing to make these things work and implement things in our own communities. This is where the bondage comes back in into play, the mental bondage, the mental bondage with the Oprahs and the mental bondage with the Michael Jordans and all these people in power. They still in uh-huh. mental bondage because they don't want to lose what they have because they're getting it from the Jews. Uh-huh. But my whole point is somebody has to step out like a Nat Turner and say, you know what, we're going, we're going to go all out and do this. We're going to do this for our people. Nobody is for our people. We're always looking to somebody else saying, hey, you know, we want this. We want that forty acres in the mule, man. Damn that forty acres in the mule. Let me get this on my own. This is what. Hey, I'm gonna work and I'm gonna do this myself. That's how we build these. That's how we build these communities, back. They're not gonna do it. If they haven't done it in three hundred years, then it's not gonna happen. 
And that's just my and that's and just my personal opinion. That that's right, brother. And even when you look at Tulsa, Oklahoma, nineteen twenty one, we look at ourselves yep. as us as black people. Even the Red Summer of nineteen nineteen. Even when you look at the Rosewood Massacre, us as black people, Speak, we were brother. thriving, sustaining. You know what I'm saying? Our civilization. And what did we see? We still saw at the pinnacle of us being able to control our own resources, control our own selves and our actions, dictate our future. We still saw the white haters come in. That's the first time any country or any land has bombed its own self. So look at the hate yeah. that we would de- yeah. definitely be still encountering as we're going forward. And, and, and the thing about that, oh. right, I'll, I'll finish off with this point. At but the I end of the movie, with, you, with the Nat Turner movie, the end of the movie at the Nat Turner movie, when the, the only reason Nat Turner and those boys got caught is because of that one boy, that one little, Af- little African-American boy who switched sides. And at the end of the movie, they showed where he was going from a little boy who actually turned Nat Turner and his guys in, and he started fighting on the other side. That's what we yeah. have to learn here, man. Yeah. That's what we have to learn here. Stop turning on one another. And if I'm going to ride with you, brother, I'm going to ride with you. I'm going to ride until the wheels fall off. So, and just like what Rodney's wife was saying, I mean, and like the question Rodney asked, you know, the fear and, and, and what have you. If I'm going to ride with you and we for this and we for our people, I'm going to ride if I got, and I have tens, tens of uh, black, uh, white folks that, that, that I know that are friends, good friends. But when it come down to my people, hey, if you're not with this, I understand the friendship, but hey, I gotta go this way. I'm on the side of righteousness. Okay. And I'm uh, bold enough to say that. I'm bold enough to lose the friendships. <laughs> hey, I ain't mad at you, brother. Uh, I'm gonna jump back in here uh, before I even uh, get to, to to what I was gonna say. I'm gonna read uh, these questions and comments from the uh, from the chat room, and I want uh, uh, both of you guys to. Uh, to uh, answer the questions uh, and respond. Uh, But this listener says, um, uh, they put reparations with a question mark, and they said, my family is Native American. Do we collect from everybody? And then they go on to say, I don't really want anything but equity educationally on the reservations. We are all about um, equity. Uh, So the the question was, uh, my family, it was my family is Native American. Do we collect from everybody? Uh, when you guys are talking about re- uh, reparations, and then it goes on to talk about equity, um, especially when it comes to education on these reservations. Um, I'll turn it over to our guest first, and then I'll let uh, Trent respond. Well, basically, I, I just want to say that, um, like the brother was saying, uh, when someone has wronged us, or done us wrong, or done our household wrong, even though they might have done other households wrong, we have to be concerned with what they've done to us first. You know what I'm saying? We definitely must be concerned with protecting ourselves, so not knocking, you know, the Native American uh, plight or, you know, them forming whatever, and definitely encouraging uh, the European to be held accountable. I'm not mad at that, but I can't say that their struggle is my struggle, you know? Because definitely we we have different origins, uh, even though they may be closely related and relative, you know, um, 
you know, I, I definitely look at that aspect inside, you know, if they should be doing the same. And I look at, like, now, current days, we don't see Native Americans being shot down here in the street. We are still seeing remnants of the same brutality going on here 2016. So, therefore, that's why it is more of a concern and a more pressing issue for my I, myself as an African here in America, you know. Um, so, so that's how I will answer that now, even in reparations, how you were paid, what you were going to do with it. Um, can't really say that, you know, can't, I'm not real sure how one would, would, would speak about utilizing it, but I would just say that, uh, you know, even with the brother said, I'm not actually looking for the system to give us anything because we, we should know it's not. But as we're talking about, you know, our involvement in this, because a lot of black people are actually going to the polls. So if we're going to say what yeah. this thing can do for us or what it should be doing for us, I'm thinking, hell, we should go for the gusto because a lot of our people are not, you know, pulling out, spending their money elsewhere. A lot of our people right. are still going to the polls, you know, so. Yeah. I, as far as what the, that's a great, uh, great answer, brother. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go along with that and agree with, uh, some of that what the brother said, but I, I believe all in all, I'm, I'm, I'm for my people, but as a whole, we all are a human race, period. And that's not a political answer. I'm being totally fair here, and I truly believe that the Europeans should have to pay for all this foolishness, whether it be in blood or whether it be whatever, because you can't continue to slaughter a people and think that it's okay, and think that it's okay. Now, think about the – and I was looking at the movie, as, as you guys saw the movie as well, Ronnie, you and your wife. Anybody know the origin of the police, where they, where they came from? You know why they were formed? The paddy, uh, the Roundup Boys uh, for the Runaway Slaves or the original there sheriffs. It is. There it is. There it is. So, again, just like Ronnie said and just like the, the, the guest brother said, we're still feeling remnants of this because we're still dealing with this foolishness. Look at the judicial system, man. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 look at the, the, the couple of judges that have been going to jail for selling these kids off. And most of them was black and brown kids. Selling them off. Yeah. Right. So we're still right. feeling remnants of this. We're still feeling remnants of this stuff, and it, it has to be addressed. It wasn't addressed with, with, uh, with, with, with Barack Obama. It wasn't addressed with Bill Clinton. You know, and Bill Clinton's era... That were you know black boys going to jail by the dozens, absolutely incarcerate, absolutely, absolutely incarcerate them. And you know what I'm saying? So, so, so it, was, I, it was never addressed. Go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say a person in the uh, chat room. They said um, in, in response to um, uh, in, in uh, response to our call, they said they are dying at an average of 53 on the reservations, though. Bullets aren't just one way. Within their own community? Or what, what, because when you talk about res- reservations, they're actually policing themselves, correct? Uh, uh, hopefully hopefully they just heard you and they can answer that because I don't know much about the reservations. Yeah, because what, actually what, I, I read I, an article. I wanted... uh, Go ahead, Trent. I read an article where when, you know, when crime happens within the reservation, no one's talking. So they just like the black community. That that brings my point full circle. We're all still one here. 
because nobody's talking. Because when you go you go in the hood, nobody's talking when Rodney gets shot. Nobody's talking, yeah. so that happens on the reservation as well. So they said We're no. Still not they said group. no. They said no by the feds. They said no by the what? And then it said, and then it said he is right. So I'm guessing whatever you just said, you were you were right in what you just said. Yeah. So, but my, my whole thing is the whole point is, if I, I tell you one point, I get off of this. I was in the store uh, a couple of days ago, and something uh, just came to mind when I'm, I'm standing in line. There was a bunch of there was some Mexicans in there. There was some white folks in there, but the store was predominantly black and brown. That was in that store. Even behind the counter, black and brown people. Now think about this and think about how full circle this is coming. Think about this for a second. How many how many Hispanics we have over here in this country that Donald Trump's trying to win that vote back for? They're a minority, man. They've been a minority. A lot of folks don't realize that. The Europeans, Caucasians, whatever you want to call them, has been minorities in this country. They've just manipulated us. They, they've manipulated us, period. Absolutely. With a vast Absolutely. majority. So when we get out of this bondage like Rodney was talking about, we're good. But we have to get out of yeah, that yeah. mental bondage, man. So so, so here's what I want to ask you guys. Um, while we're talking about uh, reparations um, and, and, and getting what you're owed or, or people paying what, what they owe, Here's what I want to ask you guys, because I've heard this a number of times in in conversations with people, um, especially with people um, who are white. And their argument when it comes to that is they were not slave owners. They didn't do these. They didn't do these evil things. So why is it that they are being punished or asked to give or do things to make up for what happened? Um, over 150 years ago. Um, what do you guys say to that? Because, because banks, banking systems, because banking systems like Chase Morgan, still running off of the money that was actually built off the backs of slaves in this country. So if you Google Fargo. that, whoever that, Wells Fargo and all these Fargo. folks, they still yeah. they they still they made money off of this, and that money yeah. turned into trillions of dollars. Somebody should be pissed off. And I'm just and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna add that even when you look at, you know, the current day stocks and bonds, you look at the actual livestock of people and how basically we were traded, you know, and we were betted on, uh, that he was gonna be the the, the, the book and he was gonna be a strong stud and you know, this is this is these were the original commodities in the makeup of this infrastructure in which we're dealing with. This gave them a whole head start. This is equivalent to having a whole generational family, and I'll have everybody in every generation for three generations work for me and my company, and I will not give them any check. I will not give them anything. They just work, 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 and I'm going to take everything that they would have profited, I'm going to take that for myself. This is the dynamics in and in, in, in the multiplicity that we saw within Europeans that were coming over here taking advantage of Africans from Africa 
and also even the indigenous people, not to knock the indigenous brothers and sisters out. But like I said, I'm definitely more concerned with my, you know, the damage that have been done to my people and the great damage that we still see done because even in comparative stories where he was saying or whoever it was with the caller, you know, the person in the chat was saying something about what was going on in the reservation. Definitely hard goes out to that, but it's not to the magnitude where it's on a world platform and we even have to be humiliated again and again and again and again. The little girl that got raped in the jail by the white prison, um, by the white um, guard, I think somewhere in Africa. We have to constantly, this has been going on ever since Rodney King. We have to still have a million man march. We have to use the very resources that we are making on this soil to still fight for our liberation and our just do to live in the streets. You understand? To not be killed, you understand, for, for holding up a wallet or for reading a book. So imagine what the dynamics are going to work or going to the education system, or going to the medical system, going to even in the business. Like the brother was saying, a lot of other people are awarded, you know, incentives to open up businesses outside of where it's hard for us as black people to, you know, and and we're talking about we should deserve this just do. We are the biggest spenders. We spend a lot of money with this economy. And our parents, our, our forefathers have been definitely wrong and have been the ones who they've held those checks from. You understand? They haven't yeah. gotten there just this. Yeah. Okay. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jump in here and say this real quick. Again, this is Rodney. <laughs> um I'm, I'm gonna jump in here real quick because I'm truly enjoying listening to you guys and, and, and our um our listener in the uh in the chat room. Uh first of all, um number one if you are listening by phone, please, please, please press the number one. If you have a question or comment, I'm sure that these brothers uh, have an answer. Um, and then also, I'm sure our uh, listener in the chat room, I'm sure they have, they have an answer too. So please, please, please don't be afraid to press the number one. You do not have to give us your name. We just um, enjoy uh, dialogue, and as you can see, it's a respectful conversation because I will mute you if you get disrespectful. So please don't be afraid to um, ask a question or make a comment. Um, or if you're in the chat room, don't be afraid to uh, post your uh, questions or comments there. Um, again, the number is 818-691-7406. Um, I do have to throw this at you guys, though. i got to throw this at you. Um, and, Trent, I haven't even gotten to all of this stuff that's in my notes, but that's okay because – this look what you started, Rodney. Look what you I started, brother. Look what you, look what you started. <laughs> I didn't start this, man. Tammy started this, man. Tammy started this, man. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I can but believe I, that because she's definitely a troublemaker. <laughs> I do want to throw this at you guys, though, uh, based on what I just heard. I do want to throw this at you guys, mostly because I know you can handle it and, and I know you have something for me. So what do, you, what do you guys say to the people who say, well, you know what? If that's how you feel, you are getting something because what about the people who are living off the system, who are well capable of working, they could go out and get a job, they are able to think for themselves, yet they choose to sit home 
and just live off of government assistance. What do you got to say to those people who say, hey, you know what, there is a balance. You know what, hey, you are getting something for free because look at, you know, all of the people who are sitting home collecting checks and they don't have to Mm -hmm. work for them. Another false report. That's another false report. I don't know the percentages and those numbers are right, not right in front of me, but if I open my computer up, I could actually grab those those numbers for you. As far as public assistance and uh, you know, food stamps and all that stuff, Caucasians are at a very high rate, a very high number than black folk that are actually on this public assistance. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Just, just as many. You know, just I, as I just wish I could open my computer Oh my God! Because I have those numbers, man. And, and it's, yeah, I'm talking right. about like you'd be you'd be surprised at the the the, the numbers that like the gap in that number. So that's another false statement. That's another thing that that history talk, talks about and tries to say black folk are lazy. And think, think about this for a second, man. If black folk if black folk were so so lazy, how did that damn White House got built? How did everything that <laughs> on, on on in this country? How did all this stuff get built? on the backs of slaves that they were so lazy, they worked them from sun up to sundown. And you call that lazy? Your shit still got done. But we're, 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 we're actually, I, you know, we got that black eye of a, a lazy person. Every time you see a black person, oh, yeah, he's lazy. If he's sitting, relaxing himself, oh, he's lazy. But, again, that's that mental bondage that was placed on us and placed on our ancestors that actually went and trickled down. And that's mm-hmm. what we believe in ourselves. My brothers and sisters believe this, that we're a lazy folk, and that we, that, that's, that's so far from the truth. You know, that's another oh, wow. thing. You know? No, I, I definitely agree with the brother. And like, like, like he's saying, when you look at the numbers, um, you know, even with them, I guess, actually being the majority as even in the, in the stats, as as far as statistically speaking here in America, um, them having more numbers, they are still utilizing and benefiting from the same aspect of the system. Um, so for them to, or those guys to critique us in such a harsh manner would, be, would definitely still show, I guess, the, the racism that is in, or, or basically saying, hey, you, you guys aren't even, um, you know, due to this same thing in which we're getting. So, um, like I said, um, us as black people, it, it is still very discouraging because it is hard for us to get jobs. And I was speaking with uh, with a brother earlier today, and even as, you know, in the business world, it's, it's very discouraging because it's still ran by white people. You understand? It's ran by Europeans, mainly. Um, so, it's when you when you're talking about education, uh a lot of uh options and, and things we are denied to us as black people. So it, it, it definitely makes you maybe it may make our makes our people discouraged and wanna just go home. Uh even when sometimes a lot of these teachers aren't willing to work with the children and therefore children turn to gangs or they may turn to skipping school rather than going to school. I, I, I think this thing is it, it, it really goes deeper than what we even know, and it pans out in a bigger uh, in a bigger format where we are then those people that are to be accommodating the jobs. But even with that, we, we we're getting an unfair shot, and that's something that we have to 
uh, all agree with, even in the medical field. I saw I saw with this young black lady, she she died um, in in the floor, the waiting room of a of a hospital, and it didn't make it, and didn't it really didn't make any sense, and nobody came to aid her, and basically she died right there, and that is basically what we're seeing the consideration of our people here in America current day. And we see basically it's, it's, it's the same as, as it was before. It's the same as it was before. Okay. I want to, I want to read these comments uh, from the chat room and then I'm going to jump into uh, uh, something else. I'm going I'm to keep this going. You and Tammy must be best friends because both of y'all know how to keep me on until I'm feeling that big lot. But it says it take uh, uh, it says um, in the chat room it takes courage to speak out and do the right thing. And I think Trent and I were talking about this earlier. Unfortunately, sometimes uh, that can be dangerous. Yep, we were talking about that earlier. But good folks must have faith. And then it says, the best weapon is education. Um, And it says, great discussion, by the way. And then it says, um, it does take a family. This person says, it does take a family. Um, And then it says, no dad, um, so bad. But I'm going to jump into, I'm going to jump into this, and and I want you guys to tackle this. And I'm going to go ahead and put it out there that this is coming straight from Rodney's heart. So anything you say, I could take it. I'm cool with it. Just don't talk about my mama. I don't play them jokes. Don't talk about my mama. Don't talk about my wife. I'll play that, I'll play that stuff. Two <laughs> 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 people you cannot talk about, my mama and my wife, I'll play that. But I'm going to jump into this, guys, um, and I want you guys to, to, to definitely uh, give me a chance to finish. And then I want you guys to jump in here. I totally get everything um, that is happening in our society. I totally get the frustration because I get frustrated. When we talk about um, police brutality, when we talk about profiling, when we talk about um, when we talk about the struggle, when we talk about racism, I totally get all of that. In fact, I probably defend defend um, black men and black women more than people probably realize because of what I say publicly. Because for me, it's not it's more about right and wrong versus black or white. For me. Right. So I acknowledge the fact that racism still exists. I acknowledge the fact that there are some hateful people in the world. And I have I have things to stand on. I have things to stand on. But my biggest thing, and yes I'm gonna tell you right now, read read my book, Tired of Being Black. Read it. Because it'll tell you exactly where I'm coming from. But in a, on the flip side of what other people do to us, of what uh, on, on the flip side of what white people may may do to us, what they did to us in the past or to our ancestors, 
slavery, this whole civil rights struggle, all of that. My biggest issue today is what we do to each other. That's my biggest issue. And so I am very critical of how we treat each other. I'm very critical of the decisions that we make, and I get in a lot of trouble because people call me a sellout. What do you want to be white? What do you have against your own people? I have My things against my people are this. Why is it that we had an issue and still have an issue with what happened to us in the past, but we turn around and do the same things to each other today. Let me tell you what I mean, and I'm going to start with religion, and this goes back to the things that I said said before, what we're going to talk about tonight. I'm going to start with religion. We talk about how um, people, preachers, ministers, pastors, use scriptures to manipulate people today, get their money, to get their possessions, to get certain treatment. But isn't that the same thing that we accuse these slave owners of? Then we had a problem with being beaten and whipped because, hey, uh, you didn't do what I said or I don't like this. So we turn around and the same thing that the slave owners did to us, the slave masters did to us, we do to ourselves and we do to each other. Now, we inflict that same physical pain on our kids, and I'm not, I'm not saying that it's wrong to, to, to spank your child. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is the, the same way we had a problem with that in the past, we're just as okay with it today. The same way, and I know that we are not this way, but there are so many black men who are okay with striking their women down, who are okay with their wife doesn't want to have sex tonight. No, you're going to give me some anyway. Isn't that the same thing that the slave masters did? So why are we being hypocrites about this? Why are we being hypocrites? Why are we inflicting the same pain on each other or the black community that we had a problem with. Go ahead. Well, I, I just want to first say it is, it is going to be a matter of collecting ourselves right now and an importance of collecting our identity. And because we have tried to forget the quality of, and the nature of our organic self, we are at this place now where we don't have an identity of ourselves. You understand? We'll call, we'll call ourselves any type of man other than an African man. We can identify with anything else outside of Africa. But one thing that the European definitely does is he does and doesn't mind identifying with Africa as 81% of all the world's resources come from Africa. There's this African proverb, and it says, as you do for your ancestors, your children will do for you. And looking at how so many kids are coming up now, maybe being ill-mannered and being disrespectful to the elders or to the oldest in the community, you understand, or being detached from their ways because we try so hard 
to forget our own way in order to incorporate ourselves with now things that have been created by the oppressor not to liberate or free us from the enslavement that we were once in or that we were even in, we know, uh, 50 years ago, having to run for our lives. There's an also a Ugandan proverb that says, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. If you don't know where you're going, or if you don't know where you've been, how could you know where you're going? You understand? If you don't know where, you, where you're coming from or who you are, and right now that's why we do beat on our women, because we have taken up the ways of our, our oppressors. Now that's why it is easy for these guys to insist to each other, hey, let's do these things that are that are going to be derogatory or degrading to our own nature, but it's going to be uplifting to our oppressor's nature. This is what we've done. We we do this in all types of um, organizations. We'll give to their organizations. We'll shop. We'll buy products from the European. We'll go over there and basically facilitate and sustain the European while we kill ourselves. And like you said, we're basically making ourselves the modern-day slave owners, So, or not slave owners, but slave masters, or the person that's holding the whip, which we know there were Negroes that were facilitators uh, to this thing in which they are still out there. Like I saw something that said uh, Dizzy Jackson was part of the CIA or FBI or something. I need to look more in, de- in, um, in depth in, into that. But, you know, when a lot of these black people are used only as pawns for our oppressors and basically, you know, showing us not no quality of character, you know, only a diminished warp character, even as we see in, any, in this hip-hop music where they are cursing, calling their women bees and, you know, calling each other. And Frank, Dr. Francis Crest Wilson spoke highly of this and this mannerism because she, you know, dealt with the mind, especially the African mind, the black people. But just talking about how we insisted and call ourselves dogs and all things, you know, even when you look at these reality shows, it's, it's amazing how you know how we relate to ourselves and, and and how we go about that and and I know it's a, it's a matter of us just sustaining that quality and and implementing that back into ourselves and you know yeah you're right we're gonna get kicked in our behinds until we you know start to uh, support that stronghold within ourselves but we have to identify with ourselves and then do that. Okay, uh, caller from the area code three three zero. Um, give me one second. I want to get Trent's comments first, and then I'm going to come to you. Uh, Trent, go ahead. By the way, that was uh, that was actually great, Rodney. Uh, and you, you are actually, I know you as being a straight up brother, and I know that you, um, you're pretty much you're for human rights as well as you know your own your own folks' rights. But here's the thing, man. Think about this. A lot of people probably get pissed off. How's it going, bro? A lot of people will probably get pissed off by this. But you know how when you, you see your kids and, you you know, you have this saying where folks say, you know, he's going to do exactly what his father's doing. Well, he's going to do, she's going to do exactly what her mother's doing. I'm slave masters what I, was our parents, in a sense. Think about it. Think about it. All we're doing is repeating history. But we're just inflicting it on our own people at this point. Think about it. Yeah. Yeah. When they came over, when they came over, when they when they came over, they were savages already. They were thieves. They were rapists. 
they were rapists. So, you know, when I hear this thing about finding fathers, I don't want to hear that shit. Finding fathers of what? Yeah, they were finding fathers of a, a, a nation that's full of rapists, full of thieves, and everything else. So we're only repeating. It's a repeated cycle. It's, it's a repeated cycle that we do to ourselves, but there, there's not a Nat Turner out there who's going to be that martyr, who's going to buck against the system, and who's going to stand up for it and willing to die for it. We don't have a Nat Turner, man. We don't have a Martin Luther King. We don't have a Malcolm X. We don't, we don't have a Mega Evans who's teaching these, going into these communities and teaching these folks. There's only so much we could do with online radio. We've expanded all the way to Sacramento with Brother Ramiel, Anthony Collins out of Chicago, Atlanta with Lisa Tilma Page and uh, Bianca Fly and, and North Carolina. But it's only so much we could do. Tammy in Memphis, you over in VA. There's only so much we could do. Yeah. You know, we could talk about this all day long, but somebody, somebody has to be that martyr. Everybody's scared <laughs> to take that bullet. And it just, it, and I don't mean just a bullet just by, you know what I'm saying, the, you know, like a physical shot, but every, everyone's scared to speak up. i tell you from here, I, I'll tell you this, and we, we can carry on and you can get to your caller, but I wasn't the proudest black man when Barack went into office, problems, because they wasn't going to let him do what he, what, he, what he really wanted to do, because Jews put him in office. Yes. Period. Nothing has been That's done for the black point, community. Right? You speaking? You speaking volumes there, brother. I'm gonna bring in this caller, man, and then I'm gonna. I'm coming back for some more, man, because this this conversation, man, has has really blessed me, man. Uh, right now, I'm gonna bring in our caller from area code three three zero. Last four digits are four zero nine four. Caller, you are on the air. Hey, everybody. This is Henry. How you doing? Good, man. How's hey, it going, Henry? Good, good, Tammy. Uh. I really just called in kind of late. I only been listening maybe like ten minutes, but um, to piggyback off what the two brothers said, you know, if you look at the condition of the slave on the plantation, he had been so brainwashed that Harriet Tubman said that she couldn't even free them because they didn't even know they were slaves. Now we we are still living off the pattern of that same mental bondage, so therefore. You're going to have field slaves and house slaves. You're going to have people who want to be successful in corporate America, people who are going to want to run the streets. You're going to have people that want to fight the system and people who want to join the system because we have never had a time to heal. But the problem is in order to produce some type of strategy, our strategies usually involve trying to play on the same chessboard by the same rules that the oppressor has made for us. Now, <clears throat> in order for us to break out of this, if you, I don't care what – history you study, I don't care if it's biblical history, I don't care if it's African history, you will find there's a common denominator. And we talk about the God of love, right? The Bible, the Bible speaks about the God of love, forgiveness, and everything else. But whenever his people was in bondage, even God, in most cases, still sanctioned war. We need a Martin Luther King detox. We need things can be solved by peace and love and marching and, and, and boycotting because those people are, those, those methods are so tired and worn out that they are already prepared to be able to deal with those things. You do not want to play the, the, the white man's financial game when he's the one running all the money, owning all the money, making all the shots, calling all the shots. 
You don't want to play the voting game because he's the one that's going to end up making those laws. And by the time he actually creates or sanctions a law that seems to be in your favor, he then already sat down with his boys and figured out another way to override the, the law that he just passed seemingly in your favor, or he may just choose to not honor the law in the first place. The only thing that's going to get the attention of these youth on the street is you had to give them a place for their fire to go. You have to direct that flame. And the only way, if you want to, uh, if you want to avoid a race war, the best way to do it is to prepare for one. Because when your enemy see that you are now and know that he, if he engages in warfare with you, that his casualties will, are going to be way higher than he anticipated because you're ready, then he might be willing to sit down and negotiate with you. But as long as we keep trying to find peaceful ways and trying to think education is the key and, 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 and religion is the key and forgiving and loving, all while we are dying daily. And our youth is getting tired of that message, and they're getting tired of us, and they're getting tired of the white man. So before they go out there and do something stupid, they need to be taught military science so that they can understand how to conduct warfare. And, for, and, and I'm going to end by saying this. For all of the spiritual, religious people out there, we need to learn how to conduct spiritual warfare on a physical platform because praying into the ether spirit realm only changes things in the spirit realm, but the spirit realm needs physical activity in order to manifest what you change in that realm, in that dimension. And, and, and if I can show you a multitude of scriptures where God sent his people to war after they prayed, and he is the same God and he changes not, then maybe that's the only solution because that's the only solution. The, the one thing that white people have sought to control ever since we came out of slavery, even when we were in slavery, there's only one thing that they control. People think it's religion and, and history. and No, it's not that. The one thing that they have sought to control is our rage. This is why we have a Martin Amen, Luther King. Because Martin Luther Amen, King said, bro. Let, if anybody's blood needs to be running in these streets, it should be ours. And that's when Malcolm X said, I can't work with you no more. See, so I, I'm just going to end with that because I know you're running out of time and I'm going to haul up the show. <laughs> hey, man, I, Henry, I, I, I really do appreciate that, man, and I know these guys do too. I'm going to uh, – we're coming up on about 30 minutes left uh, on the show. So I want, uh, I want to move to this next caller real quick before I come back to uh, our caller and uh, Trent. I'm going to pull in area code 773, last four digits are 0342. Call you are on the air. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing? Can you hear me? Can you hear me clearly? Uh, there's a Shut little music in the background, but we got you a little bit. Shy time. Okay, let me try this. What's going on? Let's go. This is Anthony. What's up, Anthony? What's going on? This is Anthony. What's happening, baby? Hey, hey. Shy time. What's up? <laughs> I'm all right. Hey, everybody. It's Tammy on. Hey, Tammy. Hey, hey. What's, nah, man, ahead, man. What, you got for the, what you got for the people, man? I've I actually been listening to you guys quite a while. I just, you know, I just usually don't don't um, chime in, but this is such a uh, great conversation over the past uh, 15 minutes or so I've been listening. 
Uh, the last brother spoke about education, and he kind of got a little bit about into religion and, and things of that nature. And, and I just want people to start really thinking about the system, because a lot of even Trent mentioned things about the system. You know, it's time for us to shock the system, because if you look at education, if you look at what most black women have accomplished with education, and a lot of black men as well, we have bachelor's degrees now. We have master's now. We have PhDs. But what have actually came out of that? Let's be truthful. Nothing but debt. You take your average person who's who's obtained college education, their debt is anywhere between seventy to $200,000. Then when you go out here into society and try to get a job, what are you making realistically? Anywhere between 35000 to 80000 So then once them student loans hit you, what are you paying? Anywhere between 700 to 1500 a month. But you're only bringing about two or $3,000 a month. It's time to shock the system. Also, when you think about voting, when you think about Hillary, when you think about Donald. Now, it's obvious both of these candidates have done things to our communities that has hampered our communities over decades, especially Hillary. If you want to know the truth, Hillary is worse than Donald because she's been in the political game for 30, 40 years. She's done so much negativity towards our communities, including Bill. When Bill was in office, he incarcerated more black men than any other president, period. Three strikes. Yeah, I spoke on that earlier, bro. And, and, and Absolutely. The, the second Absolutely. thing he did, the second thing he did, he put mostly all of us in student loan debt. We don't want to yep. talk about that. We're yep. all in student loan debt. So then you go out here and you try to get a job. And again, if you're paying seven hundred to fifteen hundred dollars a month for your student loans, and by the way, student loans is more important than the IRS. Don't pay your student loans. You can negotiate with taxes. You can get you a tax attorney and negotiate with them, but don't pay your student loans and see what happens. After those forbearances run out, you're in trouble. So it's time for us to shock the system. And what's really pissing me off about this year's election, vote. We don't care who you vote for. That's the most non-uncommon sense thing I ever heard in my life. What do you mean you don't care who you vote for? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any type of sense. Let's stop and shock the system. Let's just put this in out there, and I'm going to let you go. What if one state and no one voted? That would shock the system. You would then start seeing, like, oh, okay, these people are catching on. We're going to have to come up with something better. If we all just said, don't vote, period, that would shock the There's system. You see what I'm saying? Because let me tell you this. At some point, we've all voted. I voted for Obama both times. I'm not voting ever again in my life. So at some point, we've all voted. And at some point, we've had a situation where we put somebody that we thought was going to do something, but truth be told, nothing was done. You look at Obama and what he's done. Okay, gas prices have been low. So you want to wear your eyes? All right, I saved about 78 cents per gallon over the past four years, but more black people have been killed by cops ever historically. Where's the sense in that? I would prefer to pay four fifty a gallon and have my black brothers and sisters that's been just outright murdered than, than to have it in the reverse. So it's time right for on. us to start thinking and using common sense. That, when, I think Brother Trent just mentioned something about cycles. We have to start getting out of our cycles from the slave from yeah. the slave traditions to today. And then one last point that I then I then I'll <clears> let you go. The the recent thing about um, Dr. Dre in his movie. This is just an example, a mm-hmm. small example. 
it took a two-hour documentary for people to say, I'm not going to buy Beats Beats by Dre. Uh, Dr. Dre is a horrible man. But here it is. Historically, you got Hillary and Donald that have done decades of horrible things to our community, but we're still going to go out and vote for either one of them. Where's the logic in that? I tell tell you what, though, and... and Anthony, you 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 know okay. you talk more on this show than you you. I haven't seen you on our show, and I've not work in a minute. But you know we're gonna save that for a later date. <laughs> hold on, hold on, Trent, hold on, Trent, hold on, Trent, hold on, Trent, hold on, Trent. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I I do have to say this before Trent responds and our caller responds and anybody else. I do have to say this. Anthony Collins is um, out of Chicago. He's a longtime friend of the Butterfly Evolution Show and uh, Tammy, and I got to know this brother a couple of years ago. Powerful brother, as you just heard him. Uh, Anthony, please let the people know what you have going on, how they can reach out to you, man. I'm sure that uh, people are going to be looking for you after what you just said, man. Go ahead and put that out there. But before, <laughs> before Trent uh, 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 clicks you on this show. <laughs> brother Trent, brother Trent something else. Right. Well, real quick, I'm, yeah, you mentioned most of them. I'm out of Chicago. Um, I'm also an author. I wrote a book called Life is Outstanding. Um, um, but currently my biggest project is Generational Enterprises where I help people reach their wealth. So whatever they're trying to do as far as financial needs, I create ways for them to do that. You can reach me at um, 708-628-5177. You can email me at generationalenterprisesinc at gmail.com. Again, that's generationalenterprises with an S, I-N-C at gmail.com. Thanks for that shout-out, brother. Oh, absolutely, uh, Trent. You can you you can uh, you can get it now, Trent. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm like, damn, would you coming back to the beautiful butterfly show? Or I mean, you, you vested in wire in thirteen twenty eight. I'm trying to figure this out. It's like, damn, he's talking a little too loud for me. I'm gonna sign my feelings with this one. But no, I'm just joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, but we always we always joke around like that. Anthony's, Anthony's one of my best friends, man, and he's doing great things and actually creating. Uh, that wealth for folks um, that he actually encounters. And it's definitely, definitely real. I'm a witness to that. It's definitely real. So you guys might want to look that brother up. Real, real talk. But when you're talking about the, uh, the election and all that stuff, um, I wouldn't go so far as say, you know, don't vote for Hillary or vote for uh, this idiot. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that either. Both of them are horrible. Let's just be honest. And it's just, it's a system here. And that's what folks don't understand. When he first said that he was running for, for office, I told my then-girlfriend, I said, that's the Clintons doing this. She was like, you're crazy. I said, no, they're putting him up to this. I said, He's gonna be, it's going it's to be between him and Hillary. She was like, you're crazy. Look mm-hmm. what's happening. Right. I mean, they're, they're good friends. Right. It's a system that's put in place. So right. all they're doing is, all they're doing is everything that with the socialist stuff that, that, that Barack Obama is doing, but us black folk, we saying black power, but dude ain't threw right. his fist up not one time in the White House. He'll fist bump somebody, right. but he ain't threw no right. fist up. Here. Saying let me throw, and, let me throw you all these billion of dollars. Right. And to add to that, trend, the, the one of our biggest problems is that we're the most influential people of all time. You know, I don't want to take what Obama did in the sense of even taking and include his family, his wife, and his and his beautiful daughters. You know, one thing that he did set an example for is how to be a great husband and a great family man. I'll give him that. 
But as far as running the country or trying to run a country, there's nothing that he could have done about that because we, we don't realize the president has no power when it comes no to power. running this country. It's, it's, and, and that goes for when that goes when George Bush was in office. That goes when the other George Bush was in office. That goes when Bill Clinton was in office. They have no power. Look what happened when George Bush was in office. We had the supposedly the 9/11, one of the most supposed to be horrific events ever in historically in the world. So it doesn't matter who's in office because if it did, exactly. these things wouldn't keep cycling and going around. Just think about when George Bush, the second George Bush was in, they kept saying that how how bad things were. But from what I've seen when I worked in corporate America in that in that essence, jobs was actually thriving at that time. People didn't start losing yeah. their jobs until Obama until Obama got in office. The steel industry. Actually, went I got a down. personal sto- I have a personal story about that. I worked for Halliburton yeah, you talk for about it all the time. Yeah, tell them. I worked yeah. for Halliburton for over fifteen years. Barack went in office and I lost my damn job. <laughs> I'm talking about I was doing great networking 80 plus a year. I lost my job the moment he went in office, laid everybody off. So, you know, when they talk about these all these changes and all that stuff, man, these guys are just they're not even policy pushes. You know, they're not even policy pushes. Anybody know about the foreign relations, you know, the Council on Foreign Relations? Those are the people that make no, decisions. Those are the, those are the people that send Barack well, Obama over to Exactly. Those are the people that send Barack over there and say, calm these niggas down because we need to go get some stuff over here. And, and I'm just, and, not to be vulgar, uh, Rodney, but I'm just saying, a lot of folks need to really understand this, man. And a lot of these things won't change until a lot of black folk, and let's just get on the black folk. Let's get on what Rodney was talking about, black folk doing black folk wrong. We need to open up these books and start reading these books because they're putting it in these books. They don't even know that we could actually lobby on Congress and change some things. Yeah. If we lobby on yeah. Congress, take that money, Walmart gonna start saying, Hold on a second, these niggas serious. Wait a minute. Right. Wait a minute, hold on a second, wait a second. When we start lobbying right. on Congress, we pull that money what? together and right. start making some serious change. If we really about serious about making change like a Nat Turner change, then we'll make a right. difference. Until then yeah. we'll we'll still be killing each other in the street. And right, hey, I'm right I one more time to make to, to make a quick comment. If not, I, I I can pass. Go ahead, go ahead. You got you got time. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. I, and also, I want to kind of explain exactly what Trent was just talking about, and, and about how so influential influential we are as people. You know, for for years and decades, all you see on the media is black on black crime or single moms. But I want to throw some statistics your way when you talk about that. When you talk about black-on-black crime, why don't white crime is 70% higher? It's just never promoted. I want you to do some research on that. Why don't white crime is 70% higher and 70% worse than black-on-black crime, but it's never promoted? What what male race stays with their children more than any race in the world? You'll never guess it, but it's black fathers. We're the ones who stick around. Statistics in the media never tell you that. But when you go and dig deeper than from what you see on TV, you will find we're the ones that stay around. We're the ones that actually stick it out. Yeah, you do have those exceptions where it's quite a few that's not. But overall, when you dig deep instead of what you see on, on mainstream, we are the ones that stick around. But we're so influential by what we see on TV or what we hear on mainstream radio, and it kind of clouds and distracts us from what's actually going on. 
with the scandal at UNC when their whistleblower came out and said, hey, these guys were reading on a fifth-rate level and out here playing college sports. So they're playing like grown men, but they're reading like children. Why is it that this is acceptable in the black community? And this goes back to what I just said as far as we want to be mad at what white people are doing to us, but what about what we're Mm -hmm. doing to ourselves? What about what we're doing to ourselves? So I I, want to do this first. I want to go to our caller, and then I want to go to uh, Trent and then Ant. Uh, Caller, you're back up. Okay, I I just want to say that – you know, when you when you hear uh the great come through, uh brother Neely Fuller, uh, as I stated, Dr. Francis Crash Wilson, uh, Dr. Phil Valentine, uh, Renoka Rashidi, a lot of scholars that may speak and even with Umar Johnson, uh, really speaking the dynamics of the quote unquote paralysis that has come across our mental behavior and our ability to be able to cognitively think things through. And I think that is basically a fact. And and this is coming and stemming from, you know, the same marches that we have to see today, because this is a reality. It's not so much what we have to tell our children about the story of Emmett Till. Like the brother said, Hey man, this is historical accounts where they saying, Hey man, y'all the worldwide, these people are saying y'all have something going on where the police are killing the people. And there's no different from the dynamics of the paddy wagon or the roundup boys from back in the day with the, the those white boys or the good old boys who come around and round up the slaves. And basically they perpetuated fear. I think somebody talked about the importance of keeping fear alive. And I bet you, you still will see a spike in the spending of our black people this this year even adding on uh, protesting as being another bill that we're going to have to add on. Even if we want to get a vacation in or whatever, we still got our people that are spending their money to go places and take up lodge and all go protest for the Million Man March, whatever. Mm-hmm. So this is, is this is yet another expense that we can't quite gather ourselves in. So I do think that it's still our problem. Regardless of whoever bombed our boat, if we are all on the boat together as a family, it's our problem. I will say that. But we need to realize who is bombing us. We need to realize where the fire is coming from so we can get out of that the, the crosshairs, so we can start doing things to help sustain ourselves. But I think there is an important thing in identifying the person that has been spilling this blood and doing a lot of this stuff to us to even assist us in encouraging hate and, you know, destruction upon ourselves because even studying history, we aren't the people. We are the people of the, of the Charleston nine, you know, where, uh, the, you know, the white guy came into the church and we are the ones to say, Hey, we're going to uh, ask the Lord to forgive you. And we forgive you, Lord forgive you. But the white people, they don't think like that. If you bomb they people, you come they coming to see about you, they gonna come and, you know, bring some firearms and some artillery. You know, they're not gonna be as passive as we are. So I think that even shows something about the nature that we have in 
you know, the the opposition of the person or the thing that has oppressed us. But the only way we're going to get out is to understand who we were yesterday. You understand that is all that we have to be educated. We have to be educated on ourselves while applying the things that we need to do to properly groom ourselves in today. Instead of looking at ourselves like we were slaves or because we weren't slaves the whole time. We haven't been brutalized the whole time. So we have a a, a lineage of royalty within our uh, makeup as well. So let's teach our children about that. Yeah, absolutely, about great warriors. Let's teach our children about that part to help strengthen this damaged psychosis that has been put in place by things like brutality, even like the thing that the brother said, we had a street, uh, three strikes law. But these brothers are out there, they're hustling, they're doing what they have to do to feed their community, not the community, but feed their children. So they think or put money in their pocket. Sometimes it can go to where they want to get glamorized, but where they're thrown in jail for 30 years, you got some white guys that get out for raping kids, you know, in five years. And just talking about how this thing, this judicial system works for them as it relates to us. You know how much of an offset 20 years is for a person to say that, hey, man, what I could have been doing with my life. This is, these are things that are actually in place as it relates to, you know, damaging us. But, you know, we are the only ones that can fix it because the European isn't going to be fixing a damn thing in which I see. Pretty much. Okay. Uh, Trent, go ahead, brother. Uh, thank Anthony. To go to, to, yeah, to go to go directly to your question about the NCA and and the, the 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 football and SEC and all these other folks, it goes back to that whole mental bondage deal. Okay, it goes back to that whole disenfranchised black man that is not in the family home. So when these folks visit these kids in these inner cities, as Donald Trump would say, they visit these kids. And one-parent homes, there's no man in the house. There's no man there to say, hold on a second, man. Let me look at this paperwork. Hold on a second. What type of rights does he have? They've disenfranchised us so much to where the, the mother's practically begging for this scholarship. I watched Allen Iverson's acceptance speech um, going into the NBA Hall of Fame. Everybody knew Allen was a fuck-up. Let's just be honest and fair. But he was a good ball player. But when he messed up so bad, his mother had to beg John Thompson. This came out of his mouth, Coach Thompson, yeah. to accept him into the school, okay? And she thanked him, and she was cried. He cried to thank him. Allen came from a one-parent household, man. So they could go in there. Georgetown could go in there and see, do what they want to do with him and make all this money off of him and all this other foolishness. That's because... We talk about these WIC programs and all of this stuff, and you know when 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 you when we do put these mo- single mothers on welfare, hey, what's the, there, there are rules to this? A man cannot be in this home. A man cannot be in this home. This is the only way you're going to get this public assistance. But I guarantee you, every other Caucasian got a man living with him on public assistance. Mm. But for the black woman, that man cannot be in that home. Period. And if he's found to be in that home, and I've known on several occasions where I know folks, people in my family that's on public assistance got kicked out of their places because a man was in the home. So it goes back to that mental bondage, man. It goes all the way back. 
we, we, we keep trying to get away from it, but we go let's go back to Nat Turner, what you guys, what this topic was about, what you guys wrote about with what Nat Turner is. It goes all the way back to where you pull those families apart. You sell that buck off, and you send them away because I want this wife and I want that, I want that wench. And that's just real talk, man. You can't get past that. We're still dealing with those mental scars of yesterday. That's why Chris Webber could be taken advantage of. That's why the Fab Five could be taken advantage of. And the majority of the, the, the sports leagues can be taken advantage of as far as when it comes to black males. Look at LeBron James, one of the most famous people in the world as far as basketball goes. Single mother. Single mother. So they was able to pull that boy out of high school and grab that money from him from high school. It's just like selling a buck, man. Selling a buck, as they would say back in the days. So it goes back to that. I'm not trying to throw blame, but let's just put the blame where it's supposed to be. So, yeah, and I still say, and I'm not saying that we as a black people are, yeah, yeah, I'm going to say it. We're bruised people. But there's a lot of us like Anthony, the good brother that called in. I said, brother, your name still escapes me, but very educated brother. As a lot of us, as a lot of us, with a lot of information, Brother Ramiel out of Sacramento, as a lot of us, I'm passionate about this. It's like we just, we don't see that we're great. We don't see the greatness in ourselves. So that's why you're going to beg for that scholarship. When you know you should know your wealth from the beginning, they want you, dummy. You don't need them. <laughs> man, oh, man. Boy, whew. my man Trent always bringing the fire. We got about six minutes. So here's what I'm going to do. Um, here, here's what I'm going to do. And I want you guys to hang out with us to the end because I have a very, very, very uh, good poem that I want to uh, end with. So don't leave us. Don't leave us. We've got about six minutes. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give everybody a chance to uh, to make some final comments. Um, I'm also going to give everybody a chance to um, talk about things that they have going on uh, right now and things that may be coming up in the future. And to everyone, um, I want to give you guys a chance to uh, give everyone your information so that they can connect with you because based on the response to this show, I'm pretty sure that uh, people were very, very, very impressed uh, with all of you guys um, who either called in or either in the chat room. So um, I want to give people a chance to connect with you guys or see you at your upcoming events, email, phone, websites, whatever. Um, And then I'm going to close out this show. I think Tammy uh, would be very uh, proud of uh, what went on tonight. Um, she even gave us uh, her endorsement, Trent. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe we're running for office now, Trent, and we got Tammy's endorsement. I don't know. What's going on? <laughs> there, that's better than the other choices. We could do it, man. We could definitely do it. Hey, hey, man. Hey, you you know, we gave it our best. We gave it our best shot, brother. We gave it our best shot. So what I'm going to do first is I'm going to go. I'm going to go to uh, Henry first and, and, and give him a chance to uh, comment. Uh, actually, before I go to Henry, I'm going to uh, read the chat room, and then I'm going to Henry, 
and then I'm going to go to our caller for final comments and anything uh, he wants to share, um, and then I'm going to go to Trent, and then I'm going to close out the show. Uh, we Now we're down to about four minutes. So, uh, Henry, here you go, buddy. Go ahead, Henry. Oh, uh, well, I'd just like to say it, it's really kind of crazy for us to expect anything different as long as we're living under a white supremacist society they're going to as long as we're living in a situation where they're calling the shots then we're going to we're going to be subject to those shots and we don't really have a sense of future uh, planning for future among our people as a whole we are more survivalist so you know the reason that they're going to go to these ball uh, colleges and get these is because whatever gets you paid that's that's your that's the path of least resistance that's the you're looking for that big break so don't you know you may never have another break like this in the rest of your life you know so therefore you're gonna be more inclined to to lean in that direction. Uh, as I said before, and I know this is very radical of me, but I've always said that we need to build something outside of the system. We need to destroy what's going on, and we need to build anew. And until we do that, we're always gonna be subject to the people who make the rules, and we and we can't expect for them to 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 to. Um, be considerate when they're the ones that's oppressing us. An oppressor would never be us to considerate. So I, that's about as that's about as I can sum it up in the little time we have. Okay. Uh, thank you for that, Henry. Henry, do you have anything coming up? Uh, how can the people reach you? Uh, anything uh, you want to share? My email is Henry Garden, like you plant a garden. Art A R T at Yahoo dot com. Uh, this coming year, I'm looking to do some uh, modern-day black male rite of passages for uh, the brothers out on the street to bring up, to, to put us back in touch with our warrior nature. And I also have a comic book, a black superhero, who basically is called The Island of Yehuda. Uh, and you can you can get in touch with me about that. Basically, a, a, a black king that purchases an island and invites the, the people of black America to come over and build a righteous nation of their own and all of the pitfalls and responsibilities that it takes to do so. Okay, uh, thanks, Henry. Real quick, anybody who's listening online, um, I don't know uh, if this is going to um, cut off on you. Tammy said that it does not, so I'm going to take a word. But just in case. Um, yeah, no, it, it, um, it won't, bro. It won't. It'll, it'll, actually, it'll actually go another 20, 25 minutes. Okay. All right, we won't be on 25 minutes, that's for sure. My, my kids <laughs> need their teacher tomorrow. With both eyes open and not one eye, so we will not be open another twenty-five minutes. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna to go to our caller uh, who has been uh, just phenomenal uh, tonight, six four. And in the chat room, I have not forgot about you. I promise. I'm gonna read it. I just uh, totally forgot. So I'm just gonna go with with all the callers, and I'll read the uh, comments in the chat room before I go to Trent. Uh, Area code 864-7244. Uh, go ahead, caller. Thank, thank you, brother. My, and my name is Equinif. Um That's I-Q-A-N-I-F. Um, Shai, S-H-A-I. And, you know, anybody looking to connect or hit me up, um, definitely can hit me up on Facebook. But if you type that in, you can, you should get my full name, which that is Equineef Shai Mhotep, and Mhotep is spelled I M H O T E P. And um, I myself am a member and part of um, 
the active African um, community and traditional cultural system of Hinensu. And over there, we are definitely um, working, and our efforts are going to keep up the quality uh, of the integrity that, that, that we have for ourselves in, in uplifting our ancient history and looking at ourselves beyond, you know, 2,000 years ago, which we know we have, and we are tied to uh, greater history. So we are we attempt to do that over there at Hinensu and also at Repat Nation. Also, um, um, my brother, um, Aunt Banu, which he's our chief priest at Hinensu, and our, um, our other priest uh, in Ife, if Ife, uh, Taya RBG, he's more notable. He's uh, been a, a producer for Dead Prayers, um, The Roots, uh, 95 Style, uh, Nappy Roots, and some, you know, some other major um, people in the industry. But he also he is basically an entertainer, and he goes out basically heading tours, you know, showing, you know, the children and the importance of establishing African um, life, African culture back into our lives right now in order to allow us to sustain. So I definitely want to encourage everybody to look out for those guys and myself in, in that community and others. And even as we're having um, our first annual Black Power Awards this year down in Atlanta, um, Georgia. So everybody look out for that. Um, we, it will be hosted by Marshawn Lynch. He will be hosting the Black Carpet event and also David Banner and Sarah. And we will have uh, many others more and, you know, great nominees and things of that nature. So, you know, it was well conversing with you, intelligent, uh, up, uplifted, spirited brothers. So continue the great work that you do. Thank you. Good hey, man, we appreciate you. Spell that name for me again, bro. Okay, bro. Spell that name for me again, bro. I want to connect with you. Yeah, I want the brother to spell his name again so I can connect with him on Facebook. That's um yeah, yes sir, yes sir. That's I Q A N I F. And my second name is S H A I. My last name is M O C Excuse me. One G Productions? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Gotcha, brother. Gotcha. Hey man, it was a pleasure. Um, Rodney, really appreciate you uh Having me on uh, in place of Tammy, I know I, I, after tonight I probably won't be be on for a while. You know, let Tammy have her way. But no, I'm just joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, joking. I'm joking. But no, man, this is a great topic. Um, I truly appreciate you uh, allowing me to, to to lend my voice to this topic. I'm very passionate about our people. I'm very passionate about people. Period. But as I said in in, in the beginning, man. We have to, it starts in-house first. That's the only way we can work our way out to help ourselves first. It's just like when you get on that airplane, you know, and it goes down. You, I mean, you got to put your oxygen mask on first. So my people are dying daily. So if, if I could actually strike a, a thought, a thought-provoking thought in, in, into these kids or into these young men, um, you know, I've done my job at least a little bit. So, but again, you know, I'm all about the human race, but we have to start with ourselves first to uh, make a better race, if that makes sense to you guys. 
Trent, how can the people uh, connect with you and uh, listen to your uh, your show? And how can they how can they get connected with your radio network? Because I know that you guys are on uh, every day. Uh, so how can they yeah. get connected with your radio networks? How they how can they get uh, yeah, connected right. with you? Yeah, there's a Monday on Monday. There's Brother Ramiel. That's Brother Ramiel Bade out of uh, out of Sacramento on Mondays uh, at one Pacific. Um, at one Pacific um, on Tuesdays, there's uh, the Beautiful Butterfly Show with Bianca Fly on Tuesdays out of North Carolina. Uh, right now we're working on some uh, the Wednesday slot. Uh, on Thursdays there's Beautiful Butterfly Show again. On Fridays the Conversation Show with myself and the lovely Miss Lisa Tillman Page out of Atlanta. So, and then, we, you know, we do a lot of reruns and whatnot. They can download the YRN 1328 app, um, totally free for those guys. Anthony and I actually are on that platform, and we're doing uh, doing pretty well with it and doing some things. And actually, I heard the brother mention uh, Dr. Umar Johnson. We had that good brother on. Uh... Had him on wind, Trent? Trent, I hope I ain't lose you. <laughs> All right, I think I lost Trent, but uh, but anyway, um, I'm gonna end with this uh this poem, you guys. And I hope that you stay on for the entire thing, and then I'm gonna um uh, and then I'm gonna close out the show. Uh, before I do that, I want to read the comments from my good friend uh, Rob Mayville, uh, who's been in the chat room, and he said, "All colors have the debt. The solution is education. Culture needs to change." Too cool for school, question mark. Nah, this is another need for dads. And then he comes back and he says, Nick Saban, who is the coach of the Alabama Crimson Crimson Top, you guys who don't know, uh, he tells all of his players, you are only cool if I say you are cool. And Nick Saban has has an 86% graduation rate close with this poem and I hope you guys will hang on with me and here's how it goes the title of this poem is please and it says please pick me up never mind I'm going to fall anyway please show me how to tie my shoes and sing a song don't worry mommy I'll walk barefoot and teach myself one day. Please, Daddy, show me how to ride my bike. Never mind, it takes up too much of your time. Please do not hit me again. It's okay. I need to be taught. Sorry, hold on, give me one. It's been a long, a long time coming. 
I know. 